Hello and welcome to the Assembly podcast, where we aim to explain how the Northern Ireland Assembly works and demystify what happens up on the hill. I'm Caroline Murr. And I'm Sinead Murphy. And we both work in the Assembly communications team. In this first episode, Sinead and I speak to one of the Assembly directors, Dr Gareth McGrath, to find out what happens here before, during and after elections. Have a listen and discover what the solution is, when and why it takes place and discover what newly elected members do during the first sittings of the Assembly after the election. So we know 2022 is an election year, but can you tell us who decides when elections take place here? Well, the the whole framework for deciding when an election takes place is set out, as you might expect, in the Northern Ireland Act and other legislation. So Section 31 of the Northern Ireland Act 1998 provides that framework. And it sets when an election will take place. It all happens, in a sense, by automatic process. So the election of each assembly takes place on the first Thursday in May in the fifth calendar year following that in which its predecessor was elected. So for 2022, that means that the election will take place on Thursday, the 5th of May. So in the run-up to Thursday, the 5th of May, we hear a lot of chat about the term dissolution. But what does dissolution actually mean? What happens? Each assembly is dissolved at what's called the beginning of the minimum period, which ends with the election. And for the purpose of the forthcoming election, the minimum period is defined in the Northern Ireland Assembly Minimum Minimum Period Order 2010. Uh, And for the forthcoming election, the Assembly will be dissolved at midnight on Monday the 28th of March. Now, this always confuses me as to what exactly we mean by midnight on Monday the 28th of March. So for the avoidance of doubt, midnight on Monday the 28th of March is just after midnight on either uh, Sunday the 27th and the morning of, of Monday the 28th. So, you know, technically you could say it's 0001 on, on Monday the 28th. So, okay. so that's, that's when it is. Okay, so during dissolution, what actually happens to the Assembly? Okay, well, when the Assembly is dissolved, every seat automatically becomes vacant. And this means that we don't any longer have MLAs and they're no longer entitled to use the term uh, MLA in any literature, particularly relating to elections. Um, those who were MLAs before dissolution cease to represent their constituents and lose access to assembly facilities and resources. So even quite crudely, that means that they can no longer come into the building as MLAs. Now, they still can come into the building as visitors, but they're very much visitors um, and they're not entitled to use the facilities and resources that the Assembly Commission provide. The other result of that is that there is no longer um, any assembly business. So plenary won't meet, committees won't meet, and all unfinished assembly business, including legislation, automatically falls. And why do we have dissolution? What's what's it actually for? What happens in the assembly during that time? Well, the main, I suppose the main function of dissolution is to allow um, anyone to campaign to become a member of the assembly on an equal basis. So whether you're a member of the public who wants to become uh, a member or whether you're an outgoing member who wishes to return, that everyone is treated the same. And that's why the importance of members or outgoing members not having access to assembly resources and facilities is important. Everyone is treated equally and and on the same basis. So you mentioned earlier that ministers um, 
sort of remain in position in a caretaking role. What happens to the positions of Speaker and those in the Assembly Commission? The Speaker and the Assembly Commission continue until a new Speaker is elected and a new Assembly Commission is uh, nominated or appointed following the election. So there is continuity there. So that's dissolution then, Gareth, um, the period leading up to the election day. Uh, what will you actually be doing on election day yourself? Well, um, whilst I've always been interested in politics, um, I mean, obviously I'm going to be interested in, in the results, but obviously from a, an academic perspective rather than um, any political perspective. But from, a, from an assembly point of view, we'll also be keeping an eye on the results. We'll be trying to work out who the new members will be. We will be arranging for those new members to be handed information at the election count in terms of um, what will happen on the, the first day and days and so on. Um, and, and all of that work will be happening in the background. So the first sitting after an election is going to be the first time that all of the newly elected MLAs will come together. But what usually happens during that first sitting? Um, well, there, there's quite a lot of, um, I suppose, form filling to start off with. So each member is required to sign two documents. First of all, they're required to sign what's called the undertaking. And then secondly, they're required to sign the role of membership. And then once they've signed both of those documents, a new member is said to have taken their seat. And, and that's an important term from our perspective, because basically until they take their, their seat, they're not entitled to what we call the privileges of office. They're not able to participate in assembly business. They're not able to vote. Um, but uh, certainly um, it's always been a technicality. Um, and, uh, you, you know, we, we very much just take it as run of the mill now that members sign the undertaking and uh, the role of membership. The undertaking was introduced as a result of the Stormont House Agreement, and it was first applied at the 2016 election. And at the first sitting, you'll quite often hear me read it out, and it is quite lengthy. And in summary, it requires MLAs to support the rule of law in word and in deed, and to work to achieve a society free of paramilitarism. And immediately then after members have taken their seats, the first item of business is to elect a speaker and deputy speakers. And just to be absolutely clear, no other business can take place until a speaker and at least two deputy speakers have been elected. So we, we, we can't move on to first minister. We can't move on to the other ministers. We can't elect committee chairs, etc., etc. Uh, um, it, it all requires the first stage to be completed, the um, election of a speaker and deputy speakers. So you mentioned there the, the undertaking that takes place first and then the role of membership. So members record their designation of identity as part of that as well, yeah? That's right. So uh, after signing the role, a member may enter into the role a designation of identity. And the three um, options that are recognised in the Northern Ireland Act are obviously nationalist, unionist or other. Um, and a member who does not enter in the role of designation of identity is deemed to be designated other. So um, typically we will have members writing in nationalist, unionist, um, and or it could be a different term, but basically anything other than nationalist or unionist is uh, deemed by the speaker to be other. And that's not my rule. It's not an arbitrary decision of the assembly or of the of the speaker. It's uh, laid out in the in the 1998 Act. Okay. 
we'll actually come back to um, why that's so important, members recording their designation um, in a little bit. But back to the first setting. So you said earlier that the outgoing speaker retains their role as speaker during dissolution and presides over the first setting. That's right. So assuming that the outgoing speaker uh, wishes to do so, he or she will preside over the initial business. If for whatever reason the outgoing speaker is unavailable, then it's the oldest member in the House. So once members have signed the role of membership on the undertaking, the next item of business automatically is the nomination and election of speaker. Um, the process for electing the speaker is set out very clearly in the Act and in standing orders. Any member can propose that another member, whether that member is present or not, uh, to be a speaker of the Assembly. And that nomination must be seconded and the candidate is asked to accept the, no the nomination by making an oral or written statement. Now, all of this, from my recollection, all happens when the nominee is in person. But in theory, the, the nominee need not be in the chamber and they can accept the, the nomination um, by a written statement. A debate then takes place, which is chaired by the outgoing speaker or the acting speaker. And at the end of that debate, then, the outgoing speaker or acting speaker will put the question that the candidate first proposed the Speaker of the Assembly. And if that candidate is elected with cross-community support, then she or he will be Speaker. The newly elected Speaker then takes the chair and oversees the subsequent business, first overseeing the election of the Deputy Speakers, which uses exactly the same process as that for the election of the Speaker. So it's official then. We've got our 90 members who have signed the role of membership. We know who the speaker and the deputy speakers are. Is that the end of the first sitting? And of course, um, the short answer is it depends. So it depends on whether the parties are ready to move ahead and appoint ministers. But just to, be a, just to reiterate, before we get to that stage, no business of any kind, including ministerial appointments, can take place until a speaker and deputy speakers have been elected. Um, so whether it's on the first sitting then, Gareth, a few days later or even a number of weeks later, we will have the election and nominations of first and deputy first ministers. That's right. So following the 2016 Assembly election, the first sitting continued with the election of the principal deputy speaker, the appointment of the first minister and deputy first minister and the appointment of the business committee. The first minister and deputy first minister are nominated by the nominating officer of their respective parties. And when both nominees have affirmed the terms of the Pledge of Office, they automatically take office and both the First Minister and the Deputy First Minister are invited to address the Assembly. What happens next? So we then move on to all of the ministerial positions and we start off with the, the Justice Minister. And that is a vacancy that is filled by uh, an election rather than a nomination. And it's unique in that respect. And that was um, as a result of the devolution of policing and justice. So there will be um, an election process whereby uh, nominations are sought for that particular post. Um, there will be a debate and so on, and then a, a cross-community vote at the end of that. And then once that post is filled, uh, ministerial post is filled, we will then move on to fill all of the remaining ministerial posts through the DeHunt process, whereby um, the, largest, uh, the largest party um, has a, the choice of the first ministerial post, the second largest party has a second choice and so on. And I mean, I'm not going to go on to explain the, the DeHunt process because obviously there's quite a bit of math in there, but we ground this um, uh, process a number of times until all of the 
the ministerial positions are filled? So the ministerial appointments have all been made. Ministers have affirmed the pledge of office. The next logical step would be to nominate committee chairs and deputy chairs who will be scrutinising the work of those ministers in their departments. Is that right? That's right. And committee chairpersons and deputy chairpersons can only be nominated after all of the ministerial positions have been filled. And we start off with chairpersons of statutory committees. Those are filled first um, before we move on to the standing committees. And again, all of this happens by the DeHunt process. And where possible, committees are chaired by an MLA who is not from the same party as the corresponding minister. Now, just due to the maths involved, sometimes that's not always the case, but uh, standing orders really ask it where possible um, that that doesn't happen. And as I said, deputy chairpersons are nominated using the same process. Okay, so earlier you had mentioned about the um, the role of membership and the fact that MLAs have to record their, their designation. Why is that so important in terms of the hunt? Well, because of the consociational nature of, of the Assembly, designation has a direct impact in relation to certain Assembly business where a vote requires cross-community support. And that's where members designating as unionist, nationalist uh, and other comes into play. So once the positions have been filled, how is plenary business then decided? At the, at the end of the first sitting, normally the business committee is appointed and it will meet shortly after the end of the first sitting to agree the order papers for the sittings for the subsequent meetings of the Assembly. And it's, it's that committee that will really decide um, what business will be conducted and when. And then the work of the Assembly and its committees begins all over again. All, all over again. And, uh, and then hopefully after the dissolution period, all of the staff here involved in supporting committees from wherever they come from within the Assembly Commission are all back fresh and, and ready to do it again for another five years. Huge thanks to you, Gareth, for your time and your patience today. No, delighted to do it. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Assembly Podcast. Thank you for joining us on our very first episode. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. We hope to bring you more episodes soon. Let us know if there's an Assembly-related term or process that you'd love us to explore. Tell us by tweeting at NIAssembly and including the hashtag NIAPodcast. <laughs>